Blog Talk Radio.
yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page, only if I had one gun, one girl and one crib, one God to show me how to do things his son did, pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151, one sip will make a nigga flip, writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence, who I'm gonna body, this hood politics, acknowledge it, leave bodies chopped up in garbage, seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us, police watch us, roll up and try knocking us, one knee I duck, could it be my time is up, with my luck I got up, the cops shot again, bus stop glass burst, a fiend drops a Heineken, ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in, blacking out, I shoot back, fuck getting hit, this is my hood, I'm a rap, to the death of it, to everybody come on, little niggas is grown, hood rats, don't abortion your wound, we need more warriors soon, shit from the stars, sun and the moon, and it's like a police chase, the street sweepers and coppers, sick up kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors, if you really think you ready to die, we're nines out, this is what nines is about, nigga, the time is now. All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic, one mic. That's all I need. All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic. All I need, niggas. All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic, one mic. Yeah. All I need is one blunt, one page, and one pen, one prayer. Tell God, forgive me for one sin. Matter of fact, maybe more than one. Look back at all the hatred against me. Fuck all of them. Jesus died at age 33. That's 33 shots from twin glocks and 16 apiece. That's 32, which means one of my guns was holding 17. 27 hit your crew. Six went into you. Everybody gotta die sometime. Hope your funeral never get shot up. Bullets tear through the innocent. Nothing is fair. Niggas roll up. Shooting from wheelchairs. My heart is racing. Tasting revenge in the air. I let this shit slide for too many years. Too many times now. I'm strapped with a couple of max. Too many nines. If y'all niggas really with me, get busy. Load up the semis. Do more than just hold it, explode the clip until you empty There's nothing in our way, they bust, we bust, they rush, we bust Let's fly and feel it, I feel it in my gut That we take these bitches to war, lie them down Cause we stronger now, my nigga, the time is now All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic That's all I need, nigga, that's all I need All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic There's nothing else in the world All I need is one mic, one mic, That's all a nigga need to do his thing, no All I need is one mic All I need is one life, one try, one breath on one man. What I stand for speaks for itself. They don't understand and want to see me on top. Too egotistical, talking on that slick shit the same way these bitches do. Wonder what my secret is. Niggas will move on you only if they know what your weaknesses. I have none. Too late to grab guns. I'm blasting because I'm a fool, nigga. Thought I wouldn't have that ass done. Fool you, niggas. What you call an infinite brawl? Eternal souls clashing. World gets deep. Some beef is everlasting. Complete with thick stars. Brothers knifing each other up in prison, y'all. Drama, where does it start? You know the block was ill as a youngster Every night it was like a cop would be killed Body found in the dumpster, for real a hustler Purchased my range, niggas throwing dirt on my name Jealous cause fiends got they working to complain Bitches left me cause they thought I was finished Shoulda knew she wasn't true, she came to me When a man caught a sentence, diamonds are blinded I never make the same mistakes Moving with a change of pace, light a load See now the king is straight, swelling my melon Cause none of these niggas real hurt were Telling police how can a kingpin squeal This is crazy, I'm on the right track I'm finally found, you need some soul searching, the time is now. All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic, All I need is one mic, one mic, That's all I ever needed in this world. Fuck cash, all I need is one mic, one mic. Fuck the cars, the jewelry, All I need is one mic, one mic. Spread my voice to the whole world. 
What's good everybody, this is your British Persuasion Poetic 7 And I'm telling you to let your ink get naked With my on Blog Talk Radio Hola, yo soy El Verbal Skills Y cuando escuchando Blog Talk Radio I listen to Naked Ink with Maya Right here, every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Blog Talk Radio, Naked Ink with Maya. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, want hot interviews, Greek poetry, and social political conversation, all you gotta do is check out Naked Ink with Maya every Sunday night at 8pm for Blog Talk Radio. You heard All right, everybody. This is Maya, and we're getting ready to go live with um, Mr. Sean Judah, and this is his feature tonight. Sean, are you there? Can you hear me? Hold on one second, guys. If you all can hear me, I'm, I'm still here. All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and put him on mute for a moment until he reaches back out to me and let me know. Okay. All right, guys. Again, this is Naked Ink with Maya. Um, they're ready to do two hours. The well, first hour will be with the um, with the feature artist, Sean Judah. Hope you guys had a phenomenal week. Uh, definitely a lot of things that have kind of changed here in the United States and our country. And um, definitely um, things that we may get into a little bit later on. I'm going to go ahead and pour him back on. All right. Let me see. All right, Sean, are you there, sweetie? I'm here. You know what I think I did? I think I pulled in somebody else accidentally. I wasn't paying attention. Ah, that might have been been another 205. That's okay. (laughs) I'm so sorry. So how have you been? I'm doing very well. Uh, How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm I'm doing awesome. You know, down here in Georgia, trying to, it's been raining and, and storming and having a few tornadoes here and there, but I am awesome. I am awesome. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for agreeing to come through and, and do the feature with me. Um, of course, um, a couple of weeks ago I had Keith on, and um, you you also agreed to come through, and I'm so grateful for that. I know you heard the drop. I still have that drop from when you sent it to me. And I play it on, my, on every show. <laughs> I do. I play it on every show. 
so you Word. have poetic seven and verbal skills. So, but I want to go ahead and jump into your um into your bio, so we can go ahead and let the people know that's listening in uh, exactly okay. who Bichon Level. Am I saying that right? Lavelle. Lavelle. Bichon yeah. Lavelle is okay. All right, so here we go, y'all. Bichon Lavelle, better known as Sean Judah, is an MC. Spoken word artist, writer, and performer that has great stages across the world with his electrifying and thought that ignite his audiences to think, reflect, and walk away with a new perspective of the world around them. Having had the privilege and talent to work with the likes of Saul Williams and the legendary Harry Belafonte, Sean Judah is a multifaceted artist with a true talent and desire to use his gifts to inspire people to, quote-unquote, be better than themselves. Born in Louisville, Kentucky, and raised in San Francisco, California, and Birmingham, Alabama, Sean knew he had a passion for performance after appearing in a school play as a child, which later discovering his talent as a wordsmith during his teenage years. Sean's own experiences at developing his gifts as a creative let me make sure I'm here. As a creative, hold on. As a creative, over the last 25 years, activated a desire to help children find their creative voices. This eventually led Sean to to founding the Young Poets Cafe, a weekly workshop that encourages and assists children ages 10 to 18 finding their own creative voices through the lens of spoken word and poetry. His success in engaging the youth he works with in local Alabama schools has been so impactful and talked about that Sean was recently taped to translate the core or tap, excuse me, tap to translate the core of the Young Poets Cafe into a platform to serve college students and adults for a program sponsored by the, now correct me if I'm saying this wrong, Sean, Alex Stevens Center. Alex Stevens. Am I saying that right? Alex Stevens. Alex Stevens called Art Play. Sean has managed to do all of this while still successfully becoming a recording artist and creating his own catalog of music as an MC, not limiting his gift of being able to engage children with just creative expression. Sean has proudly served for years as a one-on-one paraprofessional for Appleton Incorporated and Birmingham City Schools, where he works with children who have been identified to have special needs. Sean assists and empowers his, quote-unquote, in mastering daily functions in the mainstream school environment. Sean demonstrated such dedication to his role. He was recognized as the Appleton Age of the Year for the 2015 through 2016 school year. A confident performer that acts with a high level of integrity and empathy, Sean has made, made it his mission to teach the people he comes into contact with about self-love and self-acceptance. His favorite mantra to have his students repeat is, quote-unquote, I am the best me that there will ever be because I love me for me. Because Sean truly sees the best in everyone he meets. All right, y'all. And with that being said, we have the phenomenal Sean Judah with us tonight. And thank you again so much. For coming yes, ma'am. For those who are listening, <laughs> for those who are listening in, the um, the chat room is open. Uh, we will take questions and comments and all that good stuff about an hour after the show, and that's an open mic will also begin as well. So talk to me, Sean. Tell me, 
in addition to that phenomenal bio, what all is going on in your life? What do you foresee or hope to see change in 2017? Uh, Well, first of all, thank you again so much for having me back. Um, It's always an honor to be able to speak with you and to, to your listening audience. Um, let's see, 2017, mm-hmm. I would love to see my Steelers win the Super Bowl. Uh, I would <laughs> love to see some type of affordable health care act be put back into play. Uh, I would love to see an impeachment of the um, orange one. I would <laughs> like, to, I'd like to see a lot of the same things most of us would. Um, you know, I don't, take, uh, I don't take anything on social media so serious that, you know, it runs me, but a lot of things that we all think and share, you know, really connect a lot of us. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that um, I'd like to see people take themselves more serious because, you know, we have something to say. We all have a valid platform, and it's just about connecting the dots. So that's about it. Oh, wow. Well, I, I definitely agree. You know, the, the, this country has definitely um, been, been spun a little bit too far this time, I, you know, with regards to the orange ones. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we, we definitely as women, especially in this country, it's time for us to stop just taking a back seat and um, really, you yes, know, kind of, uh, you know, take take a, a, a higher ground, so to speak, but not at the expense of who we are. And I think as a, as a woman, we definitely have a lot of um, more power than we tend to give ourselves credit for, and we can't just wait for other people to acknowledge it. We have to acknowledge definitely. it within ourselves. Love yeah, that. but definitely. Okay. So you sent me a few tracks, and I'm not going to lie, I haven't had a chance to listen to them, but I'm excited about them. I made sure I uploaded okay. them, and I was trying to I was trying to make sure. I, when I go to pick the tracks that I play in the beginning when I have a feature, I try to figure mm-hmm. out, like, what the person is really into. And the one thing that stuck out to me was Nas, one mic. And Word. So that's why I picked that one, and I was like, okay, well, uh, you know, this kind of kind of brings it in for me. So you you sent me beauty, hyperspace, mm-hmm. and we are numb. I want okay. to know as we go through these tracks and get ready to play them for the, for the audience and for myself. After each one okay. plays, I would like for you to kind of tell us what was the inspiration behind that. What do you feel this will this piece or pieces change um, the outcome of our future? One question that I've been asking on the last past few shows that I've been doing, Sean, is what do you feel we need to do? And you don't have to answer this right now, but what is it, what is it that you feel we need to do as spoken word artists to help bring about a platform of change? And do you feel it is within our uh, capacity to do it? Meaning, it's like it's our obligation to not just use our voices for um, personal, you know, gain or anything like that, but to actually use our voices to provoke change. Oh, yeah. I want to – right. you, you let me know when you want me to answer that, and I'll get into that one. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go ahead and play the first track. I want to go ahead and start off with Sean Judah and Beauty. You ready? Ready. All right. All right, y'all. Yeah, I don't know how it sounds to you guys, so I'm going to try to alter the volume a little bit. And here we go, y'all. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
of magnificently flawless flaws and all, but you cannot see them for the smile, blinding radiance, beauty, not at all pretty or even close to gorgeous, she just is, standing still she runs wings around the competition and there is no competition, Olympic in nature, a juxtaposed contradiction to all around her, fluid in her stillness, she needs only to exist. There is no need to move a defined presence she is presented stately and you cannot show that off. It speaks for itself. Silently she goes about being about being. Alien to this world of watch me, she moves along motionless, silent, full of life. The possibility of potential lies in her walk. Others study her statuesque style of schooling, but you cannot learn beauty. You either have it or you wish you did. The very essence of it is eternal, lies internal, and exudes through the dermal, revealing its entirety in an aura intangible. She cannot be moved. Many have fumbled the fantasy of fondling her fortunes, found folly fancying freshly feelings for her fortitude, flopped faithfully and failed foolishly, defining her as fine. I mean, what else can you call beauty? How can you describe the perfection of God's craftsmanship? You cannot. You simply have to appreciate what you see when you see it. Silently, she goes about being about being. Believing is one thing, but seeing is breathtaking. ER visits, hope oxygen tanks for the rest of your life. I hope your lesson learned. Or pause between each inhale and appreciate that which is before, beside, and or behind you. Beauty is everywhere. Forcing her way through existence like fever, what a rush. You cannot attain what she makes you feel, even in shattered reflections she is there. Amidst the life cycle of an exhale, in between hiccups, you can find her by accident if she just happens to be there, but she does not just happen. Beauty is born. Behold her essence, enveloped in character, folded into decadence. Appreciate what you see when you see it. She is a rarity. Tread lightly. Walking confident grounds when she is near because if you ain't got it, you will show yourself. Bring in the horns and alert the others because facades fail faking the funk when beauty is near and she ain't taking no prisoners. Beauty. Everybody, even a scattered reflection, she was there. That is awesome. So, talk to us, Sean. Tell us what was the um, the inspiration behind that piece. What, um, wow. What made you want to write that? Um, well, um, wow. I'm guessing it had to have been. Just woman in particular. Um, um, I, I know that piece is actually about four or five years old, and I recorded mm-hmm. it with um, a young brother who passed away last year, a very dear friend of mine. But um, just watching my mother, my sisters, my wife, watching, you know, women that I worked with, watching young ladies – all of that came from, you know, all of that inspired the poem. Nothing, no one particular moment, but just what I saw on a daily basis. And that's just kind of how I was feeling. And, um, 
the gentleman that was singing on there, his name is Dean Priest. He's an artist here in Birmingham. And uh, the, the way I wanted to sing it, it sounded like crap. So he came in and, and actually enhanced it <laughs> a million times. Because, <laughs> I mean, he, he killed it. However, um, yeah, it was just the essence of woman in general from my perspective. Yeah. So what is it that you, what is it that you being an African American man, what do you feel we as women, um, women of all different ethnicities, just women in general, what do you think we are lacking? And I know some of the sisters listening won't like this question, but what do you think we are lacking within ourselves that we need to kind of dig more deeper and pull out in order for us to realize that beauty within ourselves? Um, I think one. I am no expert on anything women, um, just from my observation. <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll go as far as saying that it's in men too, but we depend on um, on the um, the perception of others way too much. Um, I think we're heavily invested on listening and receiving what people think rather than projecting it. And um, working with young men and women in schools, um, a lot of what I see is, you know, just what they feel they have to do for them to be accepted by everyone else, and they don't accept themselves. So for grown women, the women I've ever come across in my life, some have, you know, been hev- they heavily relied on the opinions of others, not who their God created them to be and who they were. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and I think, you know, if there's anything I could say, it would be that. But also that's something that, you know, men and young boys have to learn too, accept who you are and be comfortable with it, whether it's perfect in your eyes or it's imperfect in your eyes. Accept who you are, and that draws, that's what draws people. Seeing who we are and actually owning who we are and not being owned by uh, other people's perceptions. Would that yes, be ma'am. accurate? Perception? Yes, okay, ma'am. Awesome. Yes, ma'am. You, <laughs> so you're in Birmingham, Alabama, and you're doing mm-hmm. great, great things from, from what I understand and from what I, from what I read in your bio. So what do you feel? How can that translate what you're doing down there? Are you are you in a mindset or do you feel like it's time to for other poets in other areas like Georgia, Tennessee, wherever, to actually come together and and in my mind have like a collective, not like a uniformed um system of sorts, but you know how we have mm-hmm. public schools, we have private schools but almost have like a school of poetry, not a school to like teach children or teach people about poetry, but just to kind of open their minds and, and say, hey, this this really does exist and this can really help you and, you know, and, and really become um, a part of our future. How do you, how do you feel about that? Wow, that um, <clears throat> that's almost a loaded question. <laughs> uh, not necessarily come from <laughs> you, but I see so much um, nonsense and artists Mm -hmm. in general. And me being one of those uh, nonsensical people, you know, for most of my life, um, one day somewhere I woke up and realized that this is, that our platforms are far bigger than us. Um, I used to be, Mm -hmm. I was that poet doing uh, pieces specifically to get some ass. I was doing it specifically to get invited to go do um, shows and on bigger venues and it wasn't necessarily that I did it because I saw an, um, an opportunity to be effective where I lived. I saw it as, you know, for selfish gain. The one thing um, that I've always had an issue with are those artists mm-hmm. that 
expressly go repeatedly for years doing the same poems because they get applause or they arouse the women or the men in the audience or because it's going to be, mm. you know, it's going to, it's going to get me a whole lot of love and people are going to come after me, you know, for X, Y, Z, but there's no impact. Um, I posted something earlier. Um, I did a show recently and Everyone that was there was great, great performances. But in my latter years, just turning 40 in 2016, I wanted to be more mm-hmm. impactful than making impressions. And, you know, a lot of what I see brothers in particular do is go to make the impression. And once the woman or the man they're trying to attract sees who they are, then they're left empty because all they have is this impression that was made, but there's been no impact in their lives. And um, one of the things I do with my workshop, I teach, um, they say I'm teaching spoken word in schools, but that's not what I do. I actually tell the kids and the teachers I'm here to help them find their creative voice, whether that's in um, in the entertainment field, whether it's in sports, in, you know, culinary arts, whether it's in painting, drawing, sculpting, whether it's, you know, empowering and, and uh, encouraging people. I want them to find that it uses the vehicle of spoken word to encourage and speak uh, positively into and to them to where they start to see their own value. And so that's where the whole thing uh, with the mantra comes into play because I want them to understand something I didn't learn early, and it's to learn to love yourself. And when you do that, you understand mm-hmm. the power that you've been given by whatever creator mm. you serve, and it, mm-hmm. it in turn, it, it, it actually – um, it's, a, it's like a return investment because they're building themselves, but they're actually opening themselves up for love and to love other people. And that's what I want to see more artists going versus, oh, yeah, it's going to kill them niggas. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get three or four numbers a night or I'm going home with her because they've done um, a specific set of pieces that, you know, are going to set the crowd on fire. I think you said a lot and you don't realize, like, the first thing, well, one of the things that came to my mind and what you were um, explaining is to me, as a spoken word artist and a poet and, you know, someone who dabbles with poetry every now and then, uh, it's almost like that's that's the key to our anti-slavery. Because if you think about our our ancestors and how they were not allowed to speak, how they were not Mm -hmm. allowed to write, how they were not allowed to become educated, you know, mm-hmm. and almost as if poetry is kind of, you know, I see different poets with different handles, but if you think about it, it's almost like, you know, poetry is the anti-slavery movement. It's the, it's the one thing that no one, no government, no um, no system of knowledge or system of ignorance <laughs> can take away from us is our ability to speak, think, and write. True. And those things are, Very you know, true. are given to us uh, in our innate nature. All right, so you, you, you mentioned briefly about the women in your life. So uh, do you feel like it's important for the women that you come across and the women you may come across in the future to actually know who you are on all levels? How is it in, in your personal life or in your professional life when you meet different women and they don't really know who they are within themselves? How does that uh, how how do you kind of transition your power of speech in order to not comfort them or coddle them, but kind of elevate mm-hmm. them? You know what I mean? Um, like, how do you elevate I, I, someone who isn't really on that level? Um, just by just by being who I am. Um, I'm 
you know, I, we've talked before, and you know, I've mentioned that you know, I'm you know, I'm a former drug addict. Um, matter of fact, this February uh-huh. will make 11 years that I've been clean from crack cocaine. But I always make sure that I'm transparent. I think transparency is the key to any relationship, whether it be friendship, whether it be you know, uh-huh. um, you know, family, whether it be dating, marriage, whatever. Transparency allows people to see who you are and understand that's who you really are versus, you know, how we normally, you know, do things and put on our mask and this is what I'm going to be when I meet them and you wind up being someone else later. When um, uh, once when I met my wife, um, I was the same guy who I wound up being up until we decided to divorce, and we're currently going through a divorce. However, I'm the same guy she met then, and she was the same mm-hmm. woman I met then. And being transparent allowed us to be able to have a wonderful time together. You know, sometimes things just don't work. But in going forward, I'm not going to be a different guy than the guy she met. I may be a little more wiser. I may have a little more experience. But I'm not going to be a different nigga just to make sure I, you know, I I bag this one. You know, this one's in a bag. You know, I'm going to put on my poetry face or I'm going to spit a few bars, you know, know, rhymes or whatever. I'm going to be the man who I was created to be. And that transparency is what allows that to happen. Transparency and communication are two things that are very, very difficult for us um, as individuals, but especially I feel in, within the African-American community because if we're too, some of us feel like if we're too honest, then it will, you know, run the risk of pushing someone away from us. And at the same time, if we're not honest enough, you know, how do you find how do you find that middle ground, Sean, seeing the information that you're giving to someone that they won't turn, you know what I mean? Or is that a really a concern for you? Or do you just let it go and, and, and do what it, say what needs to be said and, and go from there? Well, um, I really just I, I let it fly. And if it works for the individual, cool. If it doesn't work for the individual, cool. Because, you know, we, we don't find out who each other, who we are, Unless we communicate, unless we have open, honest dialogue, unless we have transparency in place, then we can't really expect, you know, the other person to be as forthcoming as we are. Um, some people um, will have certain no, no-nos, and if you fit those no-nos, then you're out. But if you don't put those out in the first place, you're not giving them an opportunity to make a choice. If I tell a woman that I'm this, that, and the other, but I haven't told her the truth, I've taken her ability away to make a proper choice based on what I've told her. But if I give her the honesty that that, that is me, then she now has a choice to say, hey, I want to go forward with this, or, you know, I'm going to pass. But taking people's choices and options away is um, what gets us into a lot of bad places. That what causes us to lie and do all the things that it does that we do to keep somebody or to keep the truth away from them. Um, when we take their choices away. If that I agree, your and that's one thing. <laughs> it definitely is. <laughs> oh, buddy, I'm not going to get in trouble with you tonight. But, yes, it definitely <laughs> does. Um, it, it, that's one of the things I tell people. You know, I, you can always have a person's representative. It's that, it's that the next day or the next conversation when you really start to get into the meat and potatoes, possibly, of who that person is. And I'm a strong and firm believer that if I lie to you, I take away your right to determine if you want to deal with something. And either, you know, I want you to to know the raw ingredients of what you're dealing with. So by the time we get ready to go in the kitchen and cook, you know what we have to do. True. And so it's like not a surprise at all. You know what I mean? Well, I'm so sorry to hear about your divorce, and I know – 
that's very raw and personal, and I wasn't trying to bring that up. But I just wanted to know how you actually translated your your message because you are a message. You're like, you know, you're walking, talking, breathing message or a testimony, as some people would say. Um, yeah. I had a lot of fun going through your page and taking pictures. I had a lot of fun going through there. I did. I had a lot of fun going there, and it's like, okay, I like this, I like this, I like this, I like this. And so that's why I kind of came. And then in the events page on Facebook, that that picture that says always inspire, and it looks like it has, like, the different um, different uh, images of different faiths, or, like, the, the Buddhist faith, Buddhist faith, excuse me, um, I definitely found that very intriguing. So I wanted to come that, I wanted to become a little bit more intimate uh, with you, in in the sense of um, poetically speaking, and use what I what I found from you through you your page, and and let it kind of translate into the show. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I'm glad you did. Um, that that particular one was it's um it's actually a cuff a leather cuff that was made by uh-huh. one of my favorite artists uh, Asia Sampson. Um, he does um, he has a leather works uh, company that he started. He does things like iPad covers, book, notebook covers, and whatnot. And he made that for me. He was one of the poets that, when I first got into spoken word, um, that I met in 2006 at the Southern Pride Slam in Birmingham. And I was just so mm-hmm. enamored with his his ability to speak and change the the crowd from strangers to family. I was like, yo, this dude is dope. And um, actually last year um, I ordered that from him, and it showed up two days before I started my first workshop in Birmingham City Schools. So it's actually like a teaching tool um, about following your dreams because that's something he had mentioned he wanted to do, and now he's got a prospering business as well as, you know, everything else that he does. So, um, yeah, that was really big. I'm glad you selected that picture. Do me a favor, whenever you have time, um, send me his link or his information because I would love to post it. Um, so, okay. you know, because I believe in each one of us needs to reach one of us to keep one of us. And if he was able to reach Sean Judah and inspire you, <laughs> I'm quite <laughs> sure it, it's got to be something to it, more to it than what you're saying. All right, so wow. you ready to get into this other track, this second track? Let's get it. Let's get it. All right, y'all, I'm going to go ahead and going to shine you the hyperspace. Oh, and don't forget that question I asked you that you said you were dying to answer. All right? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, let's go, y'all. Hyperspace, shine you the You can't touch me now. I'm in hyperspace. Vibing off my own mind. Wide awake. Wide awake. Hibernation. Sleepwalking. Each pace dictates the tempo at the peak of a beat break. Kick Hyperspace, 
Development music system, EMS, branded heat, built a ship from trying to fly or not wreck. We shall soar all on the up and up, lift off with every breath, every beat we're moving up. Propulsion cannon, prepared to disrupt, all these space invaders designed to stir dust. Astro spitting, galaxy driven, and a galactic artist have risen. And of the dragon got stars in my vision, take a hit, shake it off, make a hit, raw rhythm. Star children, soul of the system, push the envelope, messages in the signal. Dance of the digital, planet diggable, movement of the movement, time is very critical. Mass exodus starts with individuals, we make the constellation every shine pivotal. Let it happen naturally, grow the spiritual, via condos, you sound God has given you. Hyperspace. Deep, 
but to find more meaning, to find more purpose. Like, um, why am I doing what I what I love to do? Versus, oh, I do it because I like it, but why do I like it? Why is it important for me to do this in particular? And that's really what that was about. Do you feel that, and I I don't know, I guess I should have listened to that, huh, Sean? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What's your religious background is? But as far as, like, everyone who knows me knows that I'm Muslim. Um, But I do believe that there's a difference. I believe that there's a difference. Difference? I can't even get my words right tonight. Um, be- between religion and spirituality, I, I believe some people can be so spirit- too spiritual and negate yeah. religion, and I believe that some people can become religious nuts and fanatics yeah. and, and, and just, you know, fuck it all up, for lack of a better word, just fuck it all up. Um, so what do you feel we need to do? Or, or do you feel like that's important that when you meet someone, because there is a difference um, when you're not someone, but do you feel like two people from two different religious backgrounds can actually be better for each other? And I know my Muslim listeners are going to hit the roof. But do you feel like they can be a little bit more better or more compatible for each other because of the backgrounds they may have versus two people who come from the same religious walk but kind of be on different levels spiritually really are not going to connect? I think um, and, and this is just my opinion. I grew up a churchy religious Christian and that's mm-hmm. what I knew for a very long time. And when I got a little older, I started to look at things differently. I started to actually move away from religion and into relationship with God. And that freed me from a lot of the uh, restraints, the do's and the don'ts, the opinions, the condemnation, all of that that's not even supposed to be there in the first place. But it allowed me to understand mm-hmm. that, you know, God is who God is. And we all believe we know who that is, but we don't really know that that figure that creates that person outside of experience. So if all of our experiences in a story or a myth or a tale that we've been told and there's no experience to go along with it, then all we have is what someone else has given us. Um, that being said, I um, one of my best friends to this day is Muslim. We met in the military and he's a very good brother. Uh, matter of fact, around the time 9-11 happened, I watched how Christians, black and white, mainly white, treated him differently, even though he was a soldier, because he was a devout. He, was, he wasn't, you know, playing around. He didn't do X, Y, Z. He wasn't an offshoot of some other branch. He, you know, focused and dedicated himself to the practices of Islam. And out of out of respect for hip-hop is how we got together as friends, but it became a brotherhood. To this day, that dude is my brother, even though we have difference, a difference of opinions in our beliefs. But I see how that man walked with Allah helps him to be a better man, and I totally respect that. And in turn, he treats me the same. Now, do I feel that um, people of different faiths uh, should date or marry? That's on them. I have no say. <laughs> I have no say in what a person chooses to do. Um, I don't necessarily think that, that it can't work. I know what Scripture says in, um, as far as with Christians, but a lot of things uh-huh. you know, that we've, we've been told you know, aren't necessarily what they really – the older I get, the more I'm finding out about God, I'm like, yo, this is really crazy how I always thought this way, but it's something else. Um, so I think that once You're people funny. get – You're funny. No, because you're talking about how old you are. You're younger than me. So. <laughs> okay. But – but I'll say this, I'll say this, for, for, for a black man, 
you know, we're not supposed to be at this age. Most of us, I've lost so many friends and so many peers that I, I love. I know I'm still young, but I love being able to tell people mm-hmm. that I'm 40. I'm proud of it because, uh, man, I, I've got dozens of friends I wish I could talk to now, but they're gone. They died in their teens and 20s. Um, so I, it's an honor. It's a it's a blessing to be at this age. Um, but, you know, again, it's just it stuff is. that I've, I've, I've learned over the years, and um, I, I wish people – I wish people would look at things through their own lens versus the lens somebody else gives them. Well, let me let me let me pause for a moment um, while okay. we're trying to get people to look through their own lenses, and let me acknowledge the people that are in the chat room. I know you're in there, but we have um, Reynardo, <laughs> our year B, bad boy, and then we have Honey. She said, "Hey, Shad." She said, "Props for the feature." Um, so that's Honey coming through and showing her love. Thank you so much for hanging out in the chat room. For the people that peace, are listening peace. in, thank you so much for listening in. And that's the area code 713 has been hanging since the beginning of the show. Um, so definitely, um, okay, so let's get to the question that I asked you earlier. Okay. Are you ready to answer that? <laughs> yeah, re- repeat it for me one more time. <laughs> Do you feel that as a spoken word artist, is basically in a nutshell, Do you, how do you feel we should take the gifts that we have and change the future? Do you feel it's, it's oh. upon us now? And, and like you said, I, I get I get where you're going because you have some of the poets and all they do is they, they want to, you know, travel and they want to just be seen for what they're known to do. If they're known as, you know, what I call penny poets, you know what I'm saying? Or they, you know, yeah, uh, all yeah. they do is a lot of poetry. Or, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I understand that. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like it's time for us to come through. And and if you look at what the the women who marched in Washington, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you yeah. had some actors and actresses in there, and they were, you know, Madonna was there and Alicia Keys, you know, and, and doing poetry. But as, as spoken word artists and poets, I feel like it's up to us to give a voice to that, and it's up to us to actually use that gift. And what do you feel we need to do to help change that? Because I do believe that you, it, on on that level, as far as I don't, I don't think the orange one's going to be their mom because he already messing up. Yeah. Um, so there has to be there has to be um, some sort of accountability that we have towards each other. Um, <clears throat> what I feel and what I believe is that. We're given this platform, like I said earlier, it's bigger than us. And mm-hmm. too many people are looking to profit or to be profits, um, but there's no there's mm. no solid foundation in them. So they'll take whatever they can get. They'll cut anybody's back out. Um, they'll do whatever is necessary for, for their furtherance, not for the furtherance of the people that we serve because we are, we are sound boxes of God. And we we're given uh-huh. get, we were those of us who have gifts because some people just have talent, some people are you know okay uh-huh. with it, but some people have true gifts. Too many people think they have gifts when they just have a talent, and they take that and run with it, and then they tank the rest of the pool that everyone else swims in. So it kind of makes us all look bad to a to a point. But uh, um, uh-huh. in the in the bio it mentioned that I work with Harry Belafonte, and I did briefly. I actually had a job interview to work with him, um, and I felt I wasn't qualified enough, so I actually turned the job down. Some people here in Birmingham told me I was stupid. That was the biggest mistake in my life, but that was the moment where I I was actually free 
because I no longer felt I needed people's approval or needed the title or needed fanfare to know that I've got a job to do, and it's up to me to take it seriously enough to do it. But it's going to take accountability. When somebody checked me on my ego one time at a show, it made me look at myself. I'm like, wow, was I really acting like that? I really was. That's why I said I've been there before. So knowing that I've got a job to do, that's all I know to do. This is my position. This is my gift. I must protect it, and I must treat it with care like I would, I would an infant so I can grow it and it could be productive itself, and it can be impactful out there in the world that it serves because so many people just want want some pussy. <laughs> that is what it is. So many chicks just want, mm-hmm. want want that eggplant, you know, and they're going about their business, but they're forgetting about the people that we serve. And when you have artists um, such as um, Tracy Ellis Ross was there during the march, uh, like you said, uh, who's the girl? who did, She did one poem. It was, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Nasty Woman. I can't think of her name. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I think it was Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd. That was really impactful. You know, people paid attention to what uh-huh. she was saying, but, you know, it's going to take us to actually step our game up and stop looking at what we can gain versus what we can give. And I know I've got a lot to uh-huh. give, so I'm, I'm no longer in a position where I want to do something that's going to get me somewhere, but this gift is going to take off and get somebody else an opportunity to get further. Mhm. So, what do you feel at this point or at this stage? Um, we need to kind of switch gears. And and to everyone that's in the chat room, please feel free to chime in. Um, or if you want to inbox me, if you have something you want to add, I will definitely read it on on air. Uh, but definitely, what do you feel is going to be that? Because like if you look at all the. Uh, the deafening and, and kind of sobering violence that has kind of consumed our ghettos and, and our barrios and our, and just, you know, uh, in general, and what you're doing down there in Alabama is phenomenal, and it speaks volumes about who you are and how you're giving back, but it needs to be more of that. So it can't just begin and end with you. You understand what I'm saying? So we have to mm-hmm. figure out how, you know, and I think sometimes, and what I've come across, you know, doing um, I think you were there when I did my um, my first um, open mic or on um, on stage with uh, Max Parsons. Um, but as far as like those movements, how can we actually grow those to where it becomes almost like a, a plague poetry, and we cannot be ignored and, and we will not be silenced, and it'll take much more. I mean, it's one thing. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's one thing to pay attention to those who have the money. But those who have mm-hmm. the money, meaning the um, you know, the celebrities, are not the ones who are necessarily being affected the way everyone else is. Yeah. Because they have enough money to, to move out of the country if need be. Whereas though you have people who don't have enough money to feed their children. So you understand what I'm saying? Those those are the people that have to be uh spoken for. Yeah. Um again, being being accountable to others, um there's no reason that I should be um, one of the only people in the city doing what I'm doing. Um, and at one point, I was not. Like, I just started doing this this year as something like I work full time, and then I also do this as I work. Thankfully, I have a job where I can get off and take the time off five days a week to go to different schools. But mm-hmm. it goes back to somebody has to check somebody somewhere. Somebody caught me and said, yo, dude, you bugging. 
you need to, you know, you need to get it together. You need to reel it back in. You could be doing so much more. Somebody did that for me. While other people out there, they have somebody there to do it. They're not necessarily listening to them. So they run and rampant, and then they wonder why things don't happen for them. I get accused so many times of being told that I think I'm better than others. I think that X, Y, Z, or I don't got time, or I'm too good. I'm not too good for nothing. Like I said, I tell people about my own past so they'll understand I had to work through some things to be where I'm at now. Nobody gave me anything. I never even asked anybody for any of this. It just opened itself up because I am who I am, because I was transparent, because I was honest, and I was willing to give versus looking to get. And a lot of artists just aren't willing to do that because their egos are tied up in everything that they do, and there's no way for them to prosper. God will not allow somebody to live off of their ego and prosper. You're, are we, once we operate under our own energy, we're limited to what we can uh-huh. do when each of our respective gods can do any and everything, and it's God who allows us to do what we do. So when people think uh-huh. it's all about them, that's, what, that's why it doesn't happen. What I was trying to get to was it could be more people doing it, but they're too wrapped up in themselves, and that's why it doesn't happen for them. And I've seen several um, crews and cliques come and go because, yeah, you're popping for a minute. Yeah, you were hot for a minute, but there was no substance there, and people saw through it. And so now those same cliques and crews are scrambling to get to latch on to anybody who will listen to them. Oh, let me work with you. And they're just trying to find a way back in, and people see through that crap. They see through it all the time. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So talk, talk to us and tell me about one particular student or student that has, or have touched Sean Judah in a way to where it, it moved you to do more or to know or to kind of give you that confirmation that what you were doing was the right thing? Um, uh, well, I was a boot camp officer for 10 years. I've worked in the mental health profession, and now that I work as a paraprofessional, I work with special needs kids. And the mm-hmm. child I've been working with for the last two years, he's um, – He's uh he's autistic, and this young man he doesn't speak a lot. I'm six two, two hundred fifty pounds. He's eleven years old. He's about five ten, about two hundred fifty pounds. <laughs> he is a wow. big kid. Mm-hmm. He's cumbersome. He doesn't really look where he's going a lot. But every day he shows me so much promise, and you know it's that that drives me to do what I want to do. He doesn't um, function as other 11-year-olds do, and that's a good thing because he's not concerned and wrapped up in, you know, fashion and music and the nay-nay. He just does what he does daily to get through his day, and it's, a, it's an honor to work with him because I, get to, I actually get the chance to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I get the chance to see him grow and develop, and that makes me look at everybody else pretty much the same as I look at him. We all have opportunities for promise, but are we stepping out on it and making it work for us? So that, you know, my kid that I see, I'll see him in the morning, he has bad days too. But every time he feels like he's done something wrong or I tell him he's done something wrong, I turn right around and build him back up, and he knows that. He knows when he's done something good, and he doesn't just look for the the accolades or the reward from it. He wants to do more so he can get more of that. Because he wants to, he wants to know that he's doing better too. So that kid, yeah, he trumps everything. Uh, ooh, I didn't say Trump, did I? I didn't mean to say that. He, um, <laughs> he supersedes, he, he, 
see supersedes every expectation. Name that is deep. That is deep. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. I can't. I can't do that, man. That's that's evil. That's the evil word. But, um, uh, <laughs> b- because of the dedication he shows, it, it makes me want, want to work harder for him. He frustrates me, but it's no different than me frustrating my parents or coworkers. But every day, I'm not trying to be better than anyone out there, Maya. I don't care. I don't have any competition except for myself. So if I can't be better than who I was yesterday, I failed. So that's why every day I look. I just want to be better than who I was the day before. And if I can do that, I've made a successful attempt at the day. That's awesome. But so many of us get lost in trying, like you said in the beginning of the show, trying to please other people and live up to who they feel we should be. That we forget who we are within ourselves, and we get lost in that 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 emotional yep. jungle, so to speak. And it, it definitely can, you know, be you know really kind of. I, like I call it emotional suicide. We kill ourselves because we're trying to, you know, uh, you know, please everybody else. Yeah. But that's okay. So let's go ahead and get into this third. And I hope you got something you can spit live too. So that's that's definitely what I'm looking for. But okay, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into this song. I'm going to ask. All right, but let's go ahead and get into this third. Uh, soon as my. Oh gosh. Okay, there we go. I'm gonna say here we go. We're having bad weather down here in Georgia. Let's go ahead and get into the third track called We Are Numb by Sean Judah. Here we go, y'all. Look at where we started in the first place. Artificial emotions like ain't a need for a face. Seen the end of a human race. Well, it's possible that it is in front of your face. I turned to her and she turned to me. For your company, I'm working for a company to make an enemy. She giggled, he laughed, they chuckled and then they all died smiling on the box, we are numb, numb to the smoking guns which are not as funny as they appear to be in cartoons, you can always change the channel to suit the mood, to fill the need or void, and avoid the responsibility of what you let in, just change the channel. Act like it is not real. Close your gates and fade away. Drift away. Get away from the things that cause you grief. Point and click. Remote-controlled minds buy into the free programming. Channel-surfing megawaves. Trying to wipe out the day's events. An escape from reality hidden within reality shows. Scripted to seem more real. We are the computers sent to destroy ourselves. We are numb to the box. We have taken pain and given her a makeover to look like she is harmless. Desensitizing ourselves from the everyday hurts. Just fine and dandy with you as long as it is not your home destroyed until it is your home destroyed. We look the other way more than politicians. Just change the channel. Our hot links to life, I mean really, why care? Why deal when we can self-medicate? Watching the House and Senate debate on Medicaid, we all have prescriptions for something. And the side effects are slowly turning us into robots. We are numb. Sitting through 24 hours straight of first 48 crime free death and despair. Someone's family member's death soothes our bloodlust. Someone's desperation for something other than God has us on pins and needles, living for the capture, so that we may avoid this reality in our lives, but we bring it into our homes, our hearts, 
in our minds. We escape to find ourselves looking for our world inside of a box. Coated with just the right concoction to keep us hooked in and on. With the option of switching up our crutches just to take the edge off our alien needs for chaos. Running right back to the dealer that got us all shook up in the first place. The box. We are the robots sent to destroy ourselves. We are numb. We are dying to live out our dreams through others. Smothered in lavish lifestyles of those that we want to live like. What is real about not wanting to be you? This altered state of confusion. I mean, where is the plug? We are hardwired to be original, but have been plugged into 24 hours of smoke and mirror mazes. We can see ourselves in the box's reflections. Tiny morsels of living in a chair, on a couch. In a bed living out of death sentence Taking in satellite signals from the sky Wandering wirelessly to wherever we want to go Just pick up the cooker We have become more lazy than adventurous No need to leave your house for vacation Just put it on channel guide And get there from the safety of your home There is no place like home There is no place like home There is no place like being in front of the box at home Watching your life pass you by Watching others live There is no place like being in front of the box at home. There is no place like being in front of the box at home. There is no safety in front of the box at home. Why can we not go home and be free? Because the box is there. And the box has boxed us in. Caged in to reflect the images seen in its reflection. The box is turning us into computers. The computers are turning us into robots. The robots are turning us into boxes right in front of our very own eyes. We are numb. We are the robots sent to destroy ourselves. We are the boxes sent to keep us trapped. We are numb. Unplugged. All right, y'all, that was Sean Judah. We are numb. So talk to me, Sean. Tell me, what was the inspiration behind that piece? And Man. Do you... <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm listening. No, I'm listening. Uh, I'll finish your question. I, almost, I, I hate jumping the gun. My bad. <laughs> no, I just want to know, what was the inspiration behind that piece? And do you uh, feel like... What do you feel we need to do to remove the numbness? Uh, uh, unplug. Very last word. Um, the the voice you heard at the beginning of that piece was my friend who passed last year, uh, Marquise. Um, quick quick thing about him. I met him. He was 16. Uh, had some really dope beats. We worked on music uh, for a while. Um, last year, early last year, he told me he had been diagnosed with MS early on in his life, mm. well, probably around 14 or 15. So the whole time I knew him, up until the year he passed, I never knew that. Um, really mm. close to my family, um, really important piece. I mean, far, as far as being uh, late 30-year-old, friends with this 17, 18, however long it was, uh, the time we were together, I mean, he was so impactful. So I had him at the beginning of that song and actually recorded it at his studio. But... Um, he was he was so dedicated. I mean, he was a great a sculptor, painter, um, producer, MC, all of that. And I remember him uh, 
we had a conversation one day because um, I was watching something on TV and I was engulfed with it. He's like, man, you spend too much time plugged up to that damn box. And that sparked that piece um, and realizing just how much time I put into feeding my face with, you know, images, you know, of, of other people's lives, of, um, you know, sport, you know, sports are cool, but so many people are caught up in something that they're not a part of for real. Um, yeah, I love my Steelers, and we're looking bad, like we're not going to make it to the Super Bowl right now, but we spend so much time feeding our flesh versus feeding our spirit, and that dude was spiritually sound. I don't mean, you know, just he was some religious zealot at the age of 20, 21 when he died. He was spiritually sound, and I learned so much from him. So the um, he a conversation we had is what sparked that piece. And, um, you know, it really just about unplugging, man, from, you know, the television, unplugged from social media sometimes. It, it serves its purpose. However, when we're so engulfed in it that we lose, lose who we are and lose focus of our mission, that's when we've got an issue. Hmm. But at the same time, it's kind of like a catch-22 because social media has become the norm that we, you know, I don't know, Sean, I understand where you're going with that, and I totally agree. But at the same time, it's like what do we do to bring back some, you know, uh, to, to, you know, to unplug, like you said, but if we unplug from that, are we unplugging from, providing those who need the message to receive the message? Oh, not necessarily because when you think about it, not everybody is plugged in. Um, there, okay. you know, there's a large part of the population who is not, and, you know, I think that they go ignored because we're like, oh, well, I don't have time to tell you individually about this show or what's going on over here. And, you know, it's part, it's part of what's torn us apart as people the reason we don't have the uh, in-depth connections that we once had in life because we're so focused on it. I mean, for years, all the people I knew were specifically through social media. Other than people I performed with, everybody else was a social media um, connection. And then when you meet these people outside of that, we're putting on these fronts. Again, like I said, I'm guilty of it. And I put on a front, and I, here's who I am on social media, and in life I was a dick. So I had to learn to unplug at times. Now, really the message of that piece was about unplugging from the television itself, the television, as some of us call it. Um, But Uh social media is just a small part of that because it does connect so many of us. I've been able to reach people. I've I've got producers in South America, Australia, in London. Um, I recently connected to a few people who follow me now all over Africa, and it's it's because Uh of social media. So it is good to have those connections, but some people are so lost in it that their real lives are boring, but on social media, they fucking superstars. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, so, it's, yeah. so it's almost like Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> I promise you, this person you know, is that movie Revenge of the Nerds, but the nerds are all cool because they're behind the screen. You know? Yeah. yeah. The nerds can become a god, so to speak, because they're behind the screen. Yeah. I got you. Mm-hmm. All right. So, do you feel that where you're going in 2017? And I know I asked this briefly in the beginning of the of the show. Um, and for anyone that wants to call in and, and speak to him and give me love or accolades, please do so. Call the number is three four seven three two four five four eight seven. If you have something you want to spit, just push number one. I'll pull you in. But I really want to uh, dedicate the remaining 48 minutes to Sean. Um, 
and, uh, you know, to what he's doing because I'm so inspired because I never knew, you know what I mean? Like you, you can, like you say, you'd be on people's pages and, and you glance through it or whatever. And I actually remember that day because I was doing an uh, open mic show uh, on Blog mm-hmm. Talk and I, and I sent a message to you and Keith at the same time. And Keith responded uh-huh. first, so that's how I, I put you guys in order of show. And um, But I was like, man, when you said yes, I almost jumped out my seat. I was like, really? And I mentioned <laughs> it in that show. I said, you guys will not believe we just agreed to be wow. a feature on my show. Um, and, and this is the first time, you know, in, in a long time, you and Keith are the first features that I've done in a very, very long time. Um, and I'm well, so grateful you. and so honored. You're welcome. Thank you. Now, I, I do know that you, you have some things going on in your personal life. You mentioned that, that before. What is it, and by you, please don't take offense to this. Okay. Oh, say that. But I, I do know I, have, I, said, I, said, I said, please don't take offense to what I'm about to say next. Okay. Okay. But actually, I know, all right. <laughs> um, but I do know for a fact that I have people on my page who have been sober, who have had issues with substance abuse in the past. Mm-hmm. Me, myself, personally, my mother was uh, an alcoholic, and my brother, uh, she died and she died last year, but my brother, who I thought should still be here, died in 2013 as a result of uh, a lifetime of drug abuse. So what do you feel when you get in those moments and you have, and we all have those moments, we all have those heavy life moments is what I call them, and you're actually mm-hmm. in the process of going through one. What do you feel, um, in addition to your walk with God, and in addition to your work with those uh, children, and what do you feel is, is the key to keeping you balanced and grounded so you don't go backwards in life? Um, you said it, and it's the only thing that keeps me where I am is my walk with God. Am I perfect? Hell no, I ain't perfect. <laughs> Have I ever been close? <laughs> Hell no, I ain't never even been close. But it's understanding who I am and why I am because of who God is is what does it. There's Man, there's been so many times I've been um, upset about something. And, and um, not every time, and, and I can honestly say that, there have been times in my past where, yeah, I'm like, I want to get high. I want to get so high I don't think about none of this. But I remember that it was my willingness to allow God to help me through it. Because, see, God don't do nothing. He, God don't just do anything on his own. He wants, he wants us to do our part. He, God, is not, God will not mm-hmm. overstep his boundaries. He's sovereign, but he will not force us to do anything. So it's not like he's going, he, he didn't come in and change my life. I had to allow him to help me to change. So that being said, mm-hmm. I remember how bad it was. And when I, when I talk about my drug abuse, um, people think that I'm joking about it because I speak so candidly, but I had fun. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, was not, I was not the crackhead you see in the movies who was struggling. I worked a full-time job, and for three years, nobody even knew I was on drugs. Most people didn't even know I smoked cigarettes, which I hadn't smoked a cigarette in mm-hmm. two weeks. Yay, yay me. But um, they, didn't, they had no clue. So I was a, a, what you would call functioning addict. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being stupid and reckless, and it was God who spared me from that. But that's the only thing that keeps me, because if the kids, if I no longer get to teach, if I no longer get to perform, there's always God. If I, know, if I lose my voice for teaching purposes only, and I can't write again, I lose my limbs, there's always God. So 
everything else is like uh, it's a bonus for me. Everything else I get to do is cool. I appreciate it, but it's always God. And like I said, I'm not perfect. I'm not preaching to people something and I don't do it, but I do miss it sometimes. But when I miss it, I do my best Uh to get right back on track, and that's what does it for me. That is amazing. That is amazing. What do you feel allows you? Okay. So, I mean, I'm not going to get in <laughs> My brother, he, he was going through hell and back, and he and he chose to stay in hell. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that just kind of just, it was just mind-boggling. And I became a substance abuse counselor after being someone who sold dope. Oh, um, awesome. So, for me, it was just like, if he... You know, my mom had, you know, the son who was a, you know, drug user and then the daughter who was a dope dealer. But um, so I say that to say, like, what do you feel? And the reason I became a substance abuse counselor is because I wanted to try to figure him out. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I want to try to figure him out. But do you feel like the gift that you have and, and this ability that, that allows you to speak and reach others, it, do you feel is it as a result of you going through what you went through? And what was that moment that you knew you kind of hit rock bottom? Um, no, um, I was uh, performing way before uh, I ever even considered doing any, you know, even considered doing drugs like that. I mean, I've always been a weed head. You know, I ain't afraid to admit it. Can't wait till it's legalized. Uh-huh. However, or at least decriminalized. However, um. Uh, the moment I hit rock bottom was wow. I'm I'm a um I'm a sports collector. I love collectibles, and I remember going uh-huh. and buying a LeBron James rookie card. I paid sixty five dollars for this card, knowing that one day its value uh-huh. would be you know multiplied in the hundreds. And I remember not having money. And I took my LeBron James rookie card and pleaded with the dope boy to take this for a couple of lots. And I was like, yo, mm-hmm. I can't believe uh, Out of everything I had done, that was, for me, was like, like, yo, dude, you have been collecting since you were 11 years old when I first moved to California. And that my grandmother used to send me money so I can get cards, and she used to send me stuff um, while we were living there. But that was like the one thing that always connected me to my childhood and reminded me of how, you know, how much I enjoyed that specific thing. And when I gave up one of the most prized possessions, not, but not the most valuable, but one of the most prized possessions I had, that I knew that there was an issue. Um, but even still, I didn't stop for another year and a half because I was like halfway through. But what um, when I realized that there was power within me was when I came back from rehab because I went through a 90-day program. Uh, it, was spirit- it was spiritually based, and it was a free program out of all things. And if anybody knows anything uh-huh. you know about counseling, you know how expensive it can uh-huh. be for people with insurance and without. This was a free 90-day program. We were spiritually fed, clothed. Well, not necessarily clothed, but um, we were fed. We were, we were given the word. We were taught to deal with the situation, not the actual addiction. So the situation around it, what caused me to be in that? Pride, uh-huh. greed, lust. That's what got me into it. So once I learned how to deal with them, the addiction was not the problem any longer. But uh, I, my rock bottom was that moment, and I was able to remember that clearly, and it's what actually keeps me out of it. I never want to be in a place where I'm giving what I've worked hard for away to somebody for them to make 
uh, a quick dollar and for me to fix something that I could fix without that crutch. Mm. Okay. So you also mentioned earlier, and Tammy Jones is in the building, y'all. She's hanging out um, in the chat room. Juan? She said, hey. Hey. <laughs> she, says she, she says she can't call in right now because she has a lot of noise in her background, so I can respect that. And for the people that are in the um, I keep saying chat room, right? People on the switchboard, area code 713 and area code 216. If you want to say something or if you have something you want to spit, all you got to do is push number one, and I'll be more than happy to pull you in. And my question to you is, because you mentioned this, and you are a very handsome man. I've always been specifically attracted to you and spiritually well, attracted you. to you as well. You're welcome. But <laughs> how do you take it? <laughs> oh, buddy, because I'm about to go there. You know my mouth. Huh? <laughs> All right. So how <laughs> Yeah, so how is it that you can kind of pull pull it back? Because you mentioned earlier about um, doing some poetry earlier on in years just because you knew you can get some math. So uh-huh. what what do you feel, what happens in, in, in those moments to where you kind of realize, in your words, not mine, that you were being a dick and that you knew you had to kind of switch gears and really become uh-huh. and fulfill who you're supposed to be? Um. I can't. I can't say there was any uh, specific moment. I just. I just remember how um, I. I was part of this um, troupe of poets, and every time we went into mm-hmm. a venue, we were shouting each other. You know, we were hollering our name and everything. And I remember how people looked at us. It was like they were disgusted. Mm-hmm. Like they don't take all that. Your words should mean enough to people that you don't have to. Uh, we in the building and all this. But um, I, I know it's not necessarily direct to, uh, to your question. But I remember that feeling, and I remember that, like, yo, we had us a little following, and I made my round. You know what I'm saying? I was, hey, I was single. Um, to some people, I was attractive, and I, you know, I did that. But I remember a conversation I had with one of the um, women I had been dealing with, and she was like, you're a good dude. She said, but you don't know you are. She said, you're too busy trying to prove yourself to people and be something you're not. Um, I've, I can honestly say that I've never um, – I didn't really have great self-esteem about myself physically uh, growing up and even as a young adult. So I never really saw that, um, you know, that I had tool or anything like that. I just kind of felt like, mm-hmm. oh, I looked up on some. And now as a, older, a little bit older gentleman, a little wiser, I know that it's still there. But I don't ever want to put someone in a position where I hurt their feelings because I was getting what I wanted. So that's mm-hmm. what kind of keeps that keeps me in check. That keeps me from being a dick. That keeps me from you know getting like I've never had a, a BDR. I've, uh, <laughs> I've never, BDR, uh, I've never had a bad dick report. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but but really. But in, in almost any uh, faith book, any book of uh, faith, you know, it speaks about, you know, a man's uh, reputation. A man's name is his reputation and, and or woman. Mm-hmm. And you always want to have a good reputation. And once I saw that, you know, I was doing things that were really borderline to who I was, I can't do that. You know, it didn't, it didn't mean anything in the first place. And I'd rather have a good name than, you know, have a good time. So what, what, pick, what made you pick Judah? Because I found that very uh, interesting. I found that very intriguing. Um, I actually that's the that's the first name that I never picked for myself. Um, I started a 
Christian rap group years ago, early 90s, and we were really dope. We were kind of like the first version of a Christian Wu-Tang. <laughs> and anyway, <laughs> okay. uh, one, of, one of my big homies, one of my OGs, he um some he Lord, Lord, like I said, I've lost a lot of people in my life. He um mm-hmm. he was really really outgoing, energetic to the point where we'd have shows. He would preach instead of rapping, but I was the one in the group who, anytime something was said negatively or anytime something needed to be addressed, I would speak. Judah was um who's oh Lord, I can't even think of it right now. Um, I can't. Who, whose son was he? He was one of the sons. You know, we know that it comes from the tribe, um, the tribe of Israel, Judah. He was uh-huh. he was the one that was always ready, not necessarily for war, but to take on the enemy or to take on the obstacle. And one day uh-huh. we were in a, we were all working on some music, and me and one of my brothers got into it. And I was checking him about something. He said that was wrong, and. <laughs> And my man Anthony, he said, "Man, he said you just like Judah. He said anytime, anytime something pops off, you the first one stepping up. And that is who I am. I'm a protector. I'm, I'm always fighting for the underdogs. Even when I don't do right, I still want to fight for what is right. And I accepted mm-hmm. that because it just became who you know I, I was stepping into who I was." And um, when that happened, it just stuck with me. But that's the first time I never gave myself. That was the only name I never chose for myself, and that's why it's been effective um, because it was actually designed for, it was designed to represent me, but somebody else had to let me know who it was. So That's awesome. I think it's, I think it's interesting how you didn't know um, the power in your personality, and you actually accepted a name that someone else kind of found for you. And I, you're right, Israel, it's a, it's a tribe that comes from. And I think it's very awesome and inspiring. You know, we can all sit around and we can talk about different things. And I have friends from very different backgrounds who are, I have friends who are witches, I have friends who are Buddhists, I have friends who are just non-denominational, whatever they're going to do. Because I learned a mm-hmm. long time ago, you can't change your person. You have to allow them to change themselves. Um, exactly. And I'm not trying to change the world. And I really feel like we were all created different because I call them Allah, you may call them Jesus, whoever, your higher power, whoever you all call them. I believe he created us that way so we can learn how to accept one another and love one another through differences. It's not. It's easy to love someone through something that's common, something that's familiar, um, something that's comforting. But it's very different to love, and it's very difficult to love someone who is completely polar opposite than you, who may not think like you, who may not believe like you, who may not want the same things. And I'm mm-hmm. trying not to laugh at Tammy in the chat room. She's like, I'm as, I'm as different as they come. We, we know. <laughs> I know. Brother. I should definitely tell you about Tammy. Yes, I don't say that today's part. So I can definitely tell you about Miss Tammy. But, um, so, okay. So, with that being said, I would love for you, we have. 33 minutes left in the show. I would like for you to do some, um, if you don't mind, some, you know, some spoken word. I want people to hear you. I mean, we've heard the track, phenomenal track. And let me ask you this. Are you planning mm-hmm. to, to release these? Like, are you planning to put them in a, in a CD? And whoever doesn't know how to find the brother, I definitely posted this link in the page. And what caught me off guard today, because um, I've been watching Sean for the past week, Posting the because him he and I would go back and forth posting the advertisement for the show 
But and I was like, he's ready, he's ready to do the show, and I've never had that. And I was so that kind of you know geeked my head. I was like, yeah, he wants to come on the show, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was having a moment like, because you don't get that many people that really you know excited. So I was like, yeah. yeah. And then when I looked at your page today, and I looked at your um, what do they call that video picture profile thing where you could change, I'm like, this brother's doing a damn video. And I was oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so well, um, I want to know. <laughs> okay. Where is that going? Where are you going with that? Like, are, is that okay? I know you are from what I read of your bio, uh-huh. but I want you to like put it in your words. Like, is there a CD? Is there a book? Is 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 there one already out? Where do we find it? Where do we buy it? How do we support you? Because I believe that what you do will definitely lead into supporting others. Well, well, first of all, thank you. Um, yeah, that uh, I actually shot that video. Um, last Saturday, last Saturday, no, I'm sorry, Martin Luther King Day, Martin Luther King Jr., um, on the 20th, uh, I shot that video uh, in a hallway behind the place I used to work at. I'm not going to tell because I don't want people stealing my ideas because nigga be swaggerjacking. Mm-hmm. Thanks to my homegirl, Simone, for that word, swaggerjacking. But, um, yeah, the um, project <laughs> actually, um, there's a pro- project I have coming out at the end of February called Prima Vox Audit. That was the slogan for my military unit, which means first voice heard. The project Mm -hmm. was supposed to come out last year on my grandmother's birthday, but due to working with niggas who didn't want to see me shine, it didn't come out then. So the free link I put out about the lectures, that's a free CD that they can download on Bandcamp, and that was an excerpt. But the full project will come out this month. I'm sorry, next month, um, probably on the 27th. And um, it's a full-length project. The video, um, the full video is on my Facebook page. Uh, the song is called Nowhere. It was shot by Friction of Life. Uh, my man Hayden directed it. Really good dude. Um, but, yeah, I'm working. I, for years, I've just wanted to do it because I loved it. And I remember hearing God speak to me years ago saying, I've given you the ability to take care of your family with your gift. And so I've kind of been, like, not doing what – I was supposed to be doing, and I said, okay, no more can I sit in the background. No more will I watch, and I'll say this, will I watch subpar people rise and take, you know, all the resources for people like ourselves, and I'm going to do something about my future. So I've got a book coming out um, probably in the next few months, a chat book. Um, I've been writing for the last 20-plus years, so I've got plenty of material. Okay. I've got the, the hip, and it's mainly hip-hop uh, on the CD, mainly rap. Um, and there may be a few pieces on there, but I released a poetry CD in 2006 um, that is I never really put out there. I just sold them. In, I gave more away than I sold, actually. I probably gave two or 300 away. I may have sold 50. So uh, I just wanted it to get out there. So there is a book coming out this year, a CD coming out next month, and more to come. Okay. So let me tell you this, what Tammy is saying, because I know you and I are talking, but I know you're in the chat room too. She's quoting mm-hmm. a lot of what she said, but she said, I need the link, and I will push you like a broom. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. Her. She said, just say yes. And she's saying, yes. Tammy, I ain't paying your ass no mind right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> she is phenomenal. She, she definitely got some things going on behind the scenes. I'm not going to talk about that, but definitely, um, I, I think the two of you are friends on each other's Facebook page, right, Tammy? Um, but anyway, so. um, she, yeah, um, I'll I'll send you her link, if not, or okay. I'll just look it up for you. Um, but yeah, so if you can grace us with your 
phenomenal voice, your dynamic personality and presence. I will greatly, greatly appreciate it. This is one of the few artists, everyone who's listening in and who will listen to, because I have people who said they were actually going to listen into the um, archives. Um, this is one of the few gentlemen that I've actually come across in person, online, or whatever, that, that is true to his, his character. When, uh, you know, a gentleman of all gentlemen is definitely not someone who was a booty bandit. Um, when I came across him, definitely not, because he could have got it, y'all, and I'm just playing. But no, but just, for real, just someone who was, who was truly genuine to himself. And I like to, I, I love the energy that you're pulling in. And Thank if you. you knew the week I was having, oh, you're welcome. If you knew the past two weeks I was having, you'd understand how much I needed to hear you tonight, how much I needed to be in your presence. So I want to thank you for that, not just for coming through and doing the show and all that good stuff, because that's definitely appreciated as well, but just for giving and lending your energy and your spirit to this situation, to this moment, to this to this show, to me, and to everyone that's in that chat room, to everyone that's listening, and we greatly, greatly appreciate you. Well, thank you. I'm uh, Again, I'm honored, and it's my pleasure to be here with you. Straight up. Awesome. <laughs> all right. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so um, this um, I normally I, I hate setting up everything. This this one is uh, this poem is called Pursuit, um, and I will say this. I'll preface it with this. Um, my wife suggested that I learn this, um, so it was one of those that I was like, okay, I don't want to really learn it. I don't want to do that because it was for me, but I know that it's led people to look at themselves in a different light. So anyway, it's called Pursuit. Okay. I am actively seeking desperation. The place where only this instant is imminent, sticking out, prominent. The means to the ultimate end wanting it bad enough to do something about it with no holds barred. What does it take to go all out? Balls to the wall. I must have this feeling permeate my desire with an unassuming malice. Take over and transmit throughout my discourse, and of course I am talking to me. You see, I never liked preaching to the choir, pitching keys to tone-deaf ears being tuned out. You see, my time is too precious to waste on worthless moments, for I have gotten over getting it in. I have gone further than getting it on. I'm trying to get to I got to get it before the gas in my gore is gone. You see, this is the desperation desired, and I'm not playing with you. So don't do it to yourself. Standing in my way will only invoke God to move on my behalf. So on behalf of my God, I dare you to die to yourself. I dare you to dream in detail. I dare you to develop the desperation desired and pursue it to the edge and over. I am desperate. In spite of others' disdain, I will not settle for their turnout. Accepting no handouts, I handed in my quitter's card and will not be quieted with quid pro quos. Not even entertaining easy outs, I am in desperation to reach a level of relentlessness, not letting go until I get my hip broken and I've only begun to fight. You see, I am searching for the solace of solitary assignments. I must do this alone. I don't need their miscues to elevate because I am catapulted daily to new heights to finish what I started. You see, I knew I would no more going out than coming in, but I'm coming into my own niche, my own groove. I'm in pursuit. I am focused, man. On trail of an accomplishment looking past tenses because success lies ahead. Scouting the land and peering beyond people, I am the horse leech. Give and give. I need more tunnel vision attributes drowning out auditory. 
predatory interference. But then my silence spoke aloud. Can you hear me now? Do you have what it takes? Will you too say more than you accomplished? I spoke to my silence and told it to shut up. You've done what I've required. Giving me the quiet to hear my desire develop lungs. Push heated air up through my throat and out of my mouth. I am your engine. Put the proper use, I will get you to your end. Once I sat in it, she started up without keys. Following only my heart, God's personal signals. No satellite aid was tracked air to ground. I saw myself soaring, leaping lifetimes ahead, land to sky. Not needing night vision goggles or telescopic lenses. Only my God-given senses to navigate these dimensions. Mentions, deflecting diversions with a derrick doggedness, demolishing distractions with deliberate disregard, displaying death decisiveness, not doctoring details of the duty nor dancing daintily to downplay the difficulty and danger of the done deed. You see, this is the desperation desired, and I'm not playing with you. So don't do it to yourself. Standing in your way will only invoke your God to move on your behalf. So on behalf of your God, I dare you to die to yourself. I dare you to dream in detail. I dare you to develop the desperation desired and pursue it to the edge and over. Do not defuse this device. Detonation is due. Destruction is imminent. And delay only prolongs the explosion. So do you have what it takes to demolish dictated deprivation and develop the desperation desired, chasing down the dream in pursuit of your future because you've got to chase down the dream in pursuit of your future. Don't just stand there. Get off your feet and chase down the dream in pursuit. Um. <laughs> I'm not yeah. Sammy is clowning and Sean ain't playing with you. No, he is not. No, he is not playing. He done came to show up and show out. What? <laughs> Oh, my God, I really don't like being around. You're welcome. I really don't like being around people that much, but I really like being around Sean's company, and his his energy is just phenomenal. So I spoke to my silence and told it to to shut up. Excuse me. So explain to me, explain to us, and and you you keep mentioning her as your wife, and I smile every time you do that because I know that's your heart and that's your love. What do you feel challenged you outside of that one situation with her? What do you feel challenged you to write that piece? And where does that passion come behind your voice or behind your deliverance in, in, in what you do? Um, man, I, I honestly wish I knew. I, um, it, you know, it's, I, I think we all have a specific um, thing that just that just makes us move. And the power of words, understanding how they work, understanding how – um, the slightest inflection of voice can change how people perceive something. That in itself is really what mo- – that's the power behind why – or that's the power of the energy behind what I do. Um, that piece in particular, man, um, again, it was knowing that nothing was going to come to me. I've always been the underdog. I was. I grew up uh, being uh, bullied racism-wise. I moved to California. They said I wasn't black mm-hmm. enough. I moved to Alabama, and mm. I, 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 I was in high school, and I was like, I'm not going to let this keep happening to me, but I just became passive, and eventually I knew that I would have to step out and do that. That piece is what, that's my motivator. That's for me. It's the it's the power. That that piece is what, like, oh, April, get off your ass. Like, you got to do something. So that's what it was for me, and what I found was people were able to identify with it to some degree, 
and it's what would kick people up. I, I recently performed that at a um, at a show, and most of what was said was all sex and love pieces. And so here I get up, I do what I do, and that's the one I close the show with. But it got the it got a response that I've never seen it get before. And whereas everybody was hollering because old boy mentioned his his dangalang, no girl said how wet mm-hmm. she was. It was cool. It was mm-hmm. cool for them to get that response, but this was something different. It was almost like it was my tabernacle, and I was speaking to the people who needed mm. some form of healing. I'm not a healer. I'm a vessel. But they got something more than um, a good feeling. They saw themselves, you know, resonating with what I had said. So that's why that piece is so important to me. And again, uh, I say she's my wife because technically she still is. We're, you know, we filed it just didn't finalize. And I, she's a great mm-hmm. woman. It just didn't work. I, I do want to say that it was it was no infidelity. It was not a financial thing. It just didn't work. Um, she had three kids prior to me marrying her. I have none, and it was difficult. Um, it wasn't on the kids. It was just a difficult situation that we tried to make it work for years, and it didn't. But I'm appreciative of her pushing me to memorize that piece because she knew and heard what was in it that could help somebody else. And that's really who I am. I'm a servant. Before I'm anything, I'm a servant first. And I always want to see people do better, which is why my, the name of my company is Always Inspire. I want to always inspire people to do better than what, they could, what they've ever done before, not to be a better person than me or the next person, but to be better than themselves the previous day. So that's where that comes from. Ooh, okay. You got me in tears. I don't like being in tears, but it's all good. Let it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. So for the people that are sitting switch, on the switchboard, 713-216-804-404, if you want to call in and spit something, please push the number one. If you want to just call and holler the brother, we got 18 minutes left in the show. I've never really oh. done that for everyone that's listening in. Um, I've always tried to just cut it off at the one-hour mark. But, again, some people just move you in the energy, just change and shift. And I never allow myself to be confined, and I never allow myself to be in a box because one day I will be in a box. And, you know, uh, so wow. with that, wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. Until that, that time, was dope. I'm not going to live that was in dope. that box. But with that being said, so do you feel that the, the moment – your moment hasn't, because this is the feeling I get, just from everything I've learned about you, um, is that your moment still hasn't fully arrived yet, that you're still climbing that mountain. And once you get to the top, you're still going to climb for more because of your personality, because of the humility of your soul and who you are. You're not just going to settle. That's not what I see for you, just settling. Um, but that you're going to continue to strive um, to be better than you were in that moment than when you reach that top of that mountain. Does that make sense? Yes, ma'am. Um, I, I do. For, for years, I thought my moment had passed me. And I remember reading in the scriptures um, talking about a man's gift would make room for him and bring him before great men. Um, and mm-hmm. also understanding that God used people in their latter ages as well as young, you know, people who were thought they weren't ready. So that point, you know, in life where we think that, oh, I'll never be able to because I'm too young or I'm not qualified, that's when God can use us because he doesn't care about your age or your qualifications. He doesn't call those who qualify, those who are qualified. He qualifies those he calls. So that being said, I know I haven't hit it yet, but it's coming, and it's coming sooner than I think. 
And because of that, yeah, man, I'm going to always plug away. Uh, once I get into my dream job of acting and doing a movie with Tracy Ellis Ross or a television show or whatever the case may be, I'm going to keep climbing because there's always more I can do to inspire. If all I can do is inspire people, I'm going to be the best nigga at it. You ain't going to never see somebody better at inspiring people than me because it was one person that inspired me. And that grew to me understanding that, wow, if they can do that for me, and people somewhat like me or at least respect and listen to me, I can do that for somebody else. And then that in turn, it's, it's a gift that keeps on giving. Inspiring people inspires people. And that's what, that's what I want to do. I think that's amazing. I know that you really have to kind of reach beyond uh, the beginning of, of, of some of the things that you've already gone through in the beginning of your life. But at the same time, the things that you're kind of still going through and dealing with now, I, I just find it all inspiring how you're not allowing it to um, crumble you or cripple you and that you continue to find different ways to, I guess, not reinvent yourself, evolution. I believe that evolution is key in, in anybody's faith or whatever you want to call it, walk of life. Yes. Passion to you know choices. The evolution is definitely critical when people look at the things that they're going through. And they're like, well, I don't understand why this changed because it's evolution. It may be mm-hmm. evolution in a small form. It may not be that big bang theory. Like, oh, okay, you know what I mean? But <laughs> it's still evolution. And if we and yeah. if we allow ourselves to be limited in that moment, then we continue to allow ourselves to be limited in everything else. So I definitely yeah, feel right. that I want to really you know just um, support whatever you're doing, not because of the obvious, not because of the physical, because, I mean, to me, the, the flesh will fade. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, one day I look back at this, if, if I'm lucky enough to stay alive and I can listen to the archives or whatever, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. But, you know, and still find that mm, with Sean Judah. And for the women on my page and for the women listening in, if you see the brother's picture, you'll know that, mm, I'm, I'm about that.
But if you could post it in there, then I can grab it and keep a, a copy of it. I did, I did put the link in there to the AsiaProject.com, which is where okay. whoever's on the scene, and if you see the actual um, event photo, that actually is the one that has always inspired. It actually came from Sean's page. And so, you know, like I said to me in the beginning of this, this, this call or this, this uh, interview, that this was a very intimate project or whatever show for me because of the fact that he and I have actually, you know, physically met and things. That's different. It's a lot different when you physically been around someone versus just saying, hey, can you come and hang out? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just a lot different. Yeah. I don't want to say that. But as yeah. far as, like, I, I made sure I wanted to go through and pick the pieces and as far as, like, the pictures and stuff like that. But anyway, he enlightened us early on in the show for those who are just listening in on where the actual um, – the actual art came from came from for the the always inspire and uh, I wanted to share that and so whoever wants to reach out to the person that created that for Sean definitely do so because I definitely believe we have to be extensions of each other and uh, I'm sorry for for rambling. Oh, just <laughs> my, what, what do you want, what am I doing now? Because um, I'm, okay, I'm really so bad me, at self promotion. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just want you to post the link for the the book that you were talking about. Um, you, I don't know if it was for a track. I saw it, and then I thought I copied oh, and the, pasted um, it, but I didn't. The lectures. Uh, the lectures is actually the lectures, a yeah. CD. Yeah, it was a, it's an eight-track CD. Um, it's it's all hip-hop, but if you – and I'm a di- I sound totally different as – you know, some people will say uh, they're artists, and their rap cadence sounds just like their poetry cadence. Nah, I am an MC first, mm-hmm. and I developed a love for poetry later thanks to my little, my baby sister who took me to my first spoken word event, and I fell in love with it. I saw a different outlet for me, but I am first and foremost an MC, and all the work that I put into that is really, you know, is dope. It's hard work. It's a lifetime of things that I've, you know, felt and gone through. And um, it's a, like I said, it's a free download. I will repost the link for that. Um, there is a book coming out, okay. uh, a chat book later on, probably around June. Um, and then there's a full pro- full length project coming out at the end of February called Prima Vox Audit. And um, I will make sure I keep you in tune with all that. But I'm really bad at self promotion. I don't. I'm not the guy who pretends to be humble. Like I'm really always in awe that people take their time to listen to me and, you know, listen to the words I say. So when I see people quote things I say, it really, like, throws me for a loop. Because um, while I put it out there, I, I do that. I put it out there. I don't watch the seed. You know, God makes some of us sowers, so we drop the seed. Somebody else comes and um, tills the ground. Somebody else waters it. Somebody gets the harvest. So I drop my seed, and then I go. Um, not as far as making kids. I don't have no kids. But even when I have kids, I won't be that. But I know when I plant it, I don't worry about it growing. I know it's going to grow, and so I just go on about my business. But I'm really bad at self-promotion. I know it's something I have to get better at, and I will do better. I will definitely do better. Um, okay, so I we have someone the band who pushed number. Okay, we have someone who pushed number one, so I'm going to bring them on because we got nine minutes okay. left in the show, and if they want to speak, I want okay. to give them an opportunity to speak to you. All right, area code three four seven. Welcome to Naked Ink. Sean, are you there? I'm here. Okay. All right. Area code three four seven. You're on the line. You're on the air with Naked Ink with Maya and Sean Judah. I'm gonna go ahead and put them back on mute because some people accidentally hit the number one. 
<laughs> don't okay. realize that that's where they want to come in. But we, you do have you do have a lot of people in the um, just so you know because I know you can't see it, but you do have a lot of people on the switchboard listening in, and um, wow. I, you know, so I don't know if you think it's just like falling on deaf ears. But yeah, so definitely okay. So we have eight minutes left. Do you have something that you have memorized or in front of you? I'm gonna go ahead and post this information. Um, about the band camp on my page and then on the event page. And I'm just okay. all ears for you. Um, I would like for everybody, I am going to post the link on YouTube from YouTube for that video I shot. Yo, it's a dope video. Okay. And if you've ever liked any hip hop, you might like this. Um, I'm, I'm a dope MC. I will always, uh, I started as a battle rapper. I did that for years, and I really just came into my own in the last few years as far as writing music and songs and all that stuff. However, I just, Mm -hmm. man, I just love the culture. I love everything about the hip-hop culture, and I will do my best to protect and cultivate it at all times, as well as spoken word, um, knowing that hip-hop has its roots. Well, rap itself has its roots in spoken word. You had The Last Poets, Watts Prophets, Jill Scott, um, and, and so many others who gave what they had, and it cultivated an, um, an environment to where rap became so powerful as it is to this day. So I guess um, if, if you're wanting me to do something, I'll do, I'll do this piece called uh, Foundations. Okay. Um, you need me to endorse products of all sorts from soft drinks to sports, the sixth man on the court that keeps the crowd popping. I take parts of uniforms to keep the people shopping. See, I keep traffic hopping, even when traffic stopping, because I'm into everything. I'm everywhere. If you with me, say, oh, yeah. I'm in the library and all over the block, at the farm or at the spot. Multifaceted culture that just don't stop because it just don't stop. I am poetry within poetry. In London, they mix me with jazzy sisters to create flowetry. Out in Cali, I spit pimp talk where clicks fall in. Kids quit walking, house shoes and flip-flops. I'm in the comedy spots, now laugh at that. Two turntables, a mic, and a baseball hat. I'm the video game sound clash of soundtracks at halftime. They said I wouldn't last, so I put time in a capsule and left a present in a pastime. The ethnic wristbands on the fist of kids in rock bands, and this man, my heartbeat is the pulse of community rallies. Check, 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 one, 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 two, two, two. Who do you think name tag trains and bombed all the alleys? I am fashion sense and make plenty of sense. I drive the feet of models with their catwalk switch. I flip my diction to nonfiction and slung my slang into dictionaries. Birds from the pens of women and men seen as poetically correct visionaries. Listeners, beware, we've crossed over the crossover and won. Now DJ scribble and replay what we play, what we play, ever, ever, what we play with a crossover. Oh, yeah. And some Christian cats use me to get the crossover. Amen, these boss hall soldiers with brushed off shoulders at my tipping point raising hell all over. And they say this passing fad has hip hopped all over, but that's foundation and that's hip hop. Mm. <laughs> Wait a minute, it's somewhere on here. I know it's somewhere in my chat room. <laughs> Not my chat room, my switchboard. I'm still trying to, honey, I'm still trying to get used to this. And, and I know it's kind of like odd to hear me say that, but uh-huh. it's, it's, everything changes. And we were talking about evolution earlier. But everything changes. Uh-huh. But what do you feel is your foundation at this point? With everything that you're going through, everything you've been through, 
all of the changes that are you, you're kind of still going, you're metamorphosizing, you know, going like from a caterpillar to a butterfly. What do you feel will be like the outcome or what do you hope and pray the outcome will be for you? Um, that I made an impact. Um, I mean, and, and I could say that I know I am, but I mean, it's, you know, even further than what I can see, I want to know that I made an impact in somebody to the point where, and, and just knowing that it's not me that did it, but knowing that there was an impact mm-hmm. made that changed something for somebody else, that changed something for somebody else. That's, that's, I mean, I say it, I repeat it a lot, but it's so important knowing that I gave everything I had of me, the good, the bad, the ugly, the right and the wrong, and it made a difference in somebody Mm -hmm. else that they made an impact in someone else's life. That, that means everything to me, everything. Well, it's definitely been a pleasure. And, you know, and I know some people are going to be a little bit pissed off with me because, Yes, you could have technically called in and done some spoken word isms and gisms and jisms, but I really wanted to donate, um, or not donate, but dedicate uh, these two hours to Sean Judah. I feel like the message that he has is far more important than um, just saying, here, take the mic for a couple minutes and do it. And I think I don't feel like what other spoken word artists are doing or will be doing is equally valid or, or, or valid. I definitely do. But when... Um, Fuck it, it's my show. And that's it is. That's just, right. I'm not going to. I'm not going <laughs> to. I was like, I'm really going to do that. Like, no, I'm not fixing to do that. Like, you know, I just wanted, I wanted to be selfish and I wanted to be a little greedy. And I knew the energy going into this would be a lot different than anyone else that I had actually featured or, or, or interviewed before. And I wanted that moment and that time with you. And I'm so grateful and humbled that you gave that, not just to me, but to everyone that's in. And I want to, you know, shout out to Honey. Um, Renard, our year be bad boy, and of course, Tammy Jones, I call her Gotti. Uh, <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. listening in, um, oh, yes, Eric Code 404 and there's a couple other ones that were coming in. But we have 90 seconds left in the show with everyone that's um, coming in and, and inboxing me. Thank you so much for coming through and showing your love for the, for the artists and for the brothers. And trust me, when. Um, and back up so you can yourself. No, but uh, some of the questions, Sean, while I wish I could take uh, credit for all of them being for me, some of those questions were actually coming from people in my inbox for you. So, oh, wow. <laughs> I well, that's good. Thank you. I'm you. a hell of an interviewer. I, I you think are. I'm really good at interviewing people, but some of those questions came from other people and other artists. So thank you so much. Wow. All right, everybody. It's 60 seconds left in the show. See you again in maybe two weeks. I'm not sure if I'm going to do another feature because it's going to be kind of hard to top this one, Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to doing some spoken word isms and chisms with everyone. And uh, is there anything you want to say to the people, Sean, before we uh, hop off? Man, um, be good to yourself. Be gentle with yourself. Those are things that other people have taught me. And, man, just be who you are. Be unapologetically you. That's the best thing you can do for for your world. So that being said, man, I, I appreciate y'all listening. Um, and that's it. That's, you know, love yourselves and love people. That's all we can do. He got me wanting to take a trip to Alabama, y'all. All right, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Sweet home Alabama.
Alabama. Come on. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, y'all. But I hope everyone has a phenomenal week, a safe week, and stay true to yourself. Stay blessed. And don't forget to bless others um, who may not be as fortunate as you. All right? With that being said, I'll salam alaykum. Have a good night.